0: This episode of the Real-Time History Podcast is sponsored by Nebula. Subscribe to Nebula to listen to this podcast and watch all our real-time history videos earlier and ad-free. You also get access to exclusive historical deep-dive documentaries like our World War II series, 16 Days in Berlin and Rhineland 45, on the dramatic and decisive final stage of the Second World War. Sign up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash real-time history podcast for just $30 for an entire year and support this show. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is Flo from the Great War Channel podcast. Um, today, I'm here with someone that you might know from our channel, specifically from our videos that we filmed in the Dolomites uh, at the Lagazooie. His name is Emanuel, and he will introduce himself to you right now. Hi, Emmanuel.
1: Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Emmanuel Vogt. Um, I'm a historian, as you know from the video. And besides the album core I also wrote my PhD thesis about um, the German um, air service in World War One. So,
0: so it's another. Dr. It's Doctor Emanuel Vogt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well then, uh, congratulations first of all, and then I think we should talk about uh, your thesis, don't you think? Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, let, Let's let's backtrack a bit. What was the first uh, or how did you come to, to this topic? I mean, I know that you have interest in the Alpencore, but, you know, the Luftstreitkräfte are somewhat of a different topic. I mean, it's even higher than the mountaintops. But apart from that, it's not really that similar, is it?
1: Yeah, after, after I finished my studies in uh, 2010, I looked for a topic which wasn't uh, researched that much and uh, um, discovered the, the Luftstreitkräfte, as you mentioned, and uh, especially in the German academic world, this topic is very unknown there, there was a, a quite good um, PhD thesis, which um, was um, came as a book uh, last year, Niklas Knapp, Die deutschen Luftstreitkräfte in the First World War. But uh, I choose a different topic from him. Besides, we didn't know each other since this year, so funny story. We both uh, worked on the same topic, but didn't know each other since his book came out. So, um, yeah, my my main focus was um, was on uh, literature, especially uh, war war poetry, war literature, because after World War One and even in in the time of the war, um, there was um, hundreds of books published in uh, Germany about. Um, the air warfare, uh, aerial warfare, um, heroic uh, fights between fighter pilots, also and uh, also about the heroes of the German Luftwaffe, as you know, Manfred von Richthofen, Max Immelmann, Oswald Bölke, all these well-known names. Um, but no one ever did a research uh, on these uh, on this literature, especially. Um I was interested in how was the war mentioned in these books how did the authors um yeah show to the to public what was aerial warfare how did the men fight there and how which images basically were were publicated in these books so that was my main focus and uh, <laughs> It was quite interesting to discover the different types of of uh, images which were created in these books, and yeah. In a second step, I I um, also searched for um, well-known um, former pilots or members of the German Luftstreitkräfte, and uh, I broke it down to a group of 50 people which um, more or less were all um, Pula Merit um, owners, which was um, a fault because uh, I needed to refine these persons in the literature and uh, mostly the well-known people were publici- published in these books and so I, I focused on them. And I could even find um, twenty five estates from former pilots, which I could use also in my in my thesis. Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. So uh, that's a lot to unpack. So first, first of all, um, the, the the literature, these these books and uh, and literary works. That that was was that a form of propaganda, or was that more uh, that the public was. Um, viewing these uh, pilots like, like stars and they wanted to find out as much as they could about them or was it a bit of both or how, how did this Yeah, it,
1: it was a bit of both because um, it was now hidden propaganda because these books were published during the wartime and after the wartime and um, also interestingly uh, after 1933 when the Nazis gained the uh, when they power in Germany, thank you. Um, the um, the books uh, with um, aerial warfare or which themed aerial warfare increasingly uh, gained new interest. So uh, one can say during 1914 to 18 there were these. Uh, we say in Germany or in German we say Fliegerliteratur literature translated flyer literature which can be um, remembrance uh, literature when former pilots wrote down what they have uh, um, experienced in war or also could be um, heroic um, books which themed specifically um, persons like uh, Richthofen or Bölke or others. But it could also be um, simply broke down to um technical um books which only focused on on, on the machines and uh, weaponry or stuff like that so but i focused uh, mainly on those books which uh, one were written by former pilots or former members of the luftstreitkräfte yeah basically i focused on uh, or mainly focused on these books which uh, Um, were written by former members of the German Luftstreitkräfte and which contained uh, combat experiences or uh, were written by uh, Kriegsberichterstattern.
0: These are war war correspondents.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Which showed the public what was aerial warfare, how did the men fight, uh, what was war in the air like, and... uh, yeah, sometimes even when they create images uh, like the men being stars, comparable to to music or movie stars in our time today. And uh, those books which contained technical stuff, like um, which focus on uh, weaponry or or um, the the machines that, the men play flew, um, were not in my interest because I mainly focused on, on these topics I just mentioned.
0: I, so on, on the one hand, there was this uh, interest in what air combat was like um, and the people wanted to find out more since there were kind of stars. But on the other hand, it was probably heavily censored and used to shape a certain image of the the German army, wasn't it?
1: Especially during the wartime between 1940 and eighteen. Um, all books which wanted or which the, the authors wanted to publish needed to be censored by the army high command. They even had an own um, own um, censor for that. The maybe most um, interesting or most known book is uh, Manfred von Richthofen's "The Red Fighter Pilot." The, the Rote Kampfflieger which later when uh, uh, a historian Fernando Esposito uh, found out in the archives of the Ulstein uh, Verlag in Berlin that the book even uh, wasn't even written by uh, Richthofen because um, uh, former Major or former uh, Captain um, Erich von Salzmann had uh, the or had the allowance from uh, Richthofen that he can do with the manuscript what he wants in the sense of that uh, only the book have to be written in uh, in favor of von Richthofen so this is exactly what you mentioned so that these books had to create a certain image or a certain yeah a certain image is maybe the best expression to. To show the public um, which kind of war the high command wanted to give out to the people, or would want to show to the people,
0: and how and how did that uh, change after the war?
1: Um, after the war, there were mostly those kind of um, literature that um, showed the remembrance side of the war. That um, um, yeah former members uh, remembered what they had experienced or what they had done uh, in the war and especially after um, the treaty of versailles one can read a lot of uh, anti versailles propaganda which cut down the german luftstreitkräfte to zero as you know and uh, you find often often books or shorter abstracts that um, that yeah um, wanted the, the, the Luftstreitkräfte or Luftwaffe back and uh, especially after 1933 those uh, rise increasingly. So we have mainly we have uh, maybe four stages in these publications. Um, there were a lot of uh, in the wartime, 1940 to 80, 18, and uh, after that there were very few books which were or came out and um, in the end of the Weimar Republic, um, maybe around 1928 uh, it increases more and more and uh, after 1933 it increases uh, as much as you can imagine I think and interestingly, um, after the Second World War uh, began in 1939, um, the interest on uh, World War One pilots and World War I um, Luftstreitkräfte uh, went down because the new Luftwaffe aces or new Luftwaffe heroes um, began to get into the focus of the Nazi propaganda so
0: okay so so we have these different stages which are all basically aligned to political goals you could say but nonetheless you can you still investigated what you can actually learn about combat and combat experience in these books so how, how how can you you can find out something about actual air combat at that time if you read these books?
1: Uh, more or less, yes, yeah. But it was broken down to reach a wider um, um, pub, public, I would say. Because um, the public didn't want to read a specific um, abstract about aerial warfare, but they wanted to, to have, uh, or they, they wanted to read um, uh, thrilling experiences. Heroic uh, fights and stuff like that. So um, a bone dry uh, abstract about aerial warfare I wouldn't find any, or wouldn't find so much uh, readers like a thrilling, thrilling abstract, uh, which was uh, maybe even written by some uh, star of the war, or some some war hero. So yeah, which was even the goal of these um, of the of, of the uh, publishers. If we maybe um, come back to, to Richthofen's um, The Red Fighter Pilot, this book uh, was published in 1970 in the Ulstein Verlag, Berlin, and came in a paperback, a small book, for only one mark. So it was very cheap. It reached a very high um, circulation. Thank you. And uh, so you can say those books often, especially in the wartime, came in in, in high circulations and uh, were cheap to buy, so found a lot of readers which might even um, explain why um, German especially the fighter pilots were so popular at the German um, society
0: okay, so. Um and um, were you also able to learn something about um, the pilots themselves through through what, what they wrote and everything? I mean, I think uh, especially let's say from von, von Richthofen again, there are like a few different popular characteristics about him. You know, some people say he was very determined and uh, even egoistic or something. But so is is there something like a personality in these books? And can you learn something about the? actual pilots themselves, even though, you know, it might have been written with a different goal in mind?
1: Um, yes, yeah. But um, you have to keep in mind that those books were written for specific reasons. And that's that's also an interesting point, which I uh, focused on my in my uh, PhD thesis, um, because I um, to get down these um, these things, I wanted to, to learn or research out of these books. I um, I um, um, took two hundred books um, for my for my work and um, read them all, <laughs> of course. And um, after I read these two hundred books, I uh, I created. Um, Different um, characteristics or um, things you can find in uh, a lot of these um, books or in these abstracts, which I read. So, so after I read these uh, two hundred books, I um, created different characteristics which I could find in most of them, and um, especially. For the fighter pilots, which were mostly associated with uh, aerial warfare, one can find a lot of um, things that were described that these men had, like they were cold-blooded, they were daredevils, they were sportsmen, also they were mechanics, or a lot of... A lot of uh, these, um, a lot of these books, um, claimed that these men were modesty in their way, um, yeah, and, and things like that. So one can can see that that these men or that a certain image was created to to show these men to the public,
0: and um, yeah
1: that was quite interesting to 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 find out in these books
0: so um, you just mentioned before we started recording that uh, immelmann was uh, presented as uh, someone who who didn't drink uh, and di- and didn't smoke and anything so but in in his case i that was that he actually didn't do that right he was uh, he, he
1: yeah he he was a true abstainer. He also didn't eat uh, meat. And um, the good thing for Immermann is that some of his uh, letters to his mother um, are actually available for research today. So uh, uh, in this in this case, uh, the image of Immermann is true, but uh, others were also created as or books claimed that these men were abstainers like... Um, uh, one can often read that Oswald Burke didn't drink before he, or even even didn't drink any time when he was uh, at the front. Um, <laughs> another book uh, from um, I think 1938 or so about Adolf Ritter von Tuchek claimed that he only drank milk when he was at the front and never. Never used the opportunity like his comrades to
0: drink alcohol. So and he was Bavarian, so that's very unlikely that it is tr- this is true. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. That's 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 a, a good point too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So um, and, and I mean we have these fighter pilots, which were certainly the most well-known. Um, you know, because I mean, these scoring lists and you know that they are these. We had the flying circus and everything, but but of course you had like other kind of pilots, right? I mean, maybe bomber pilots or it, uh, people in two seater aircrafts, the gunners and everything. So how did did, did these people also wrote, wrote books or have books written about them?
1: Yeah, but um, one can find only a few few people who wrote their their memories down. An interesting one is maybe um, um, a uh, balloon observer, Peter Rieper. He was the only one from um, the uh, Feldluftschiffer Abteilung who um, gained the Pour le And the interesting thing is, he wrote—he um, didn't wrote a book, but he wrote some abstracts in the 1930s. Uh, I was—I was able to find a relative of him who showed me his uh, whole estate, even uh, containing the original Pôle Marit from
0: 1918. Wow, so, that's cool. Did, did, do you know the story, just as an intro, do you know the story how he got, as a balloon observer, got a Pôle Marit?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. He was wounded uh, several times and the last one, um, the last uh, wound he received was a very heavy one and the Pôle marit was an was an um, achievement of him for uh, doing his duty, his service, and uh, got got wounded there. That's that's um, what uh, yeah what I get got told. But uh, today he's he's uh, pretty unknown because uh, all these all these fighter pilots. Um, pretty much even today stand in the focus of uh, research and the focus of the public so
0: guys like him yeah, but yeah. B- b- balloons are just not that interesting <laughs> to the people now yeah yeah yeah.
1: sure sure but uh, interesting person interesting story because um, yeah one never one one seldomly hear about these guys doing their job in the in the balloons observing the uh, artillery and Yeah, I was stuff like that.
0: So maybe that's a that's a good um, final question. So in in what sense did do you have an? uh, Can you imagine how this kind of literature um, from like you know from from these different time periods basically uh, created an image of these pilots that still persists today?
1: Mm, Maybe not in Germany, but in. uh especially in the US and uh, the UK, um, the aerial warfare is very popular even today. Um, yeah in, in, in a certain way maybe maybe because uh, Manfred von Richthofen still stands uh, on the lead of these books which were published today and um, but I don't know if everyone um, of these uh, modern authors um, will, Will repeat these things from the older books. So, but that, that wasn't my goal to, to find out. But um, I think w- what was important uh, was to show that um, these books, especially the ones from the 1930s and early 40s, showed a very positive uh, image of the aerial warfare, which uh, created scenes like uh, men were fighting in a chivalric uh, tournament with um, equal opponents on uh, uh, both sides, which uh, wasn't the case in the reality of war, because um, um, the aerial warfare was... Also as cruel as the warfare on the ground. But um, the difference between a fighter pilot and a normal infantry soldier was only that the fighter pilot had a record score which one can count. Like uh, Richthofen with his 80 80 aerial war uh, with his 80 um, victories. Um, so it was more popular to show these men like a star of war than uh, the, the normal infantry soldier from the ground. So, um, yeah, the, the image which was, uh, to summarize this maybe, um, the image which was created or which was circulated in these books were very positive, which also uh, showed that uh, Luftwaffe in the Third Reich um often um, use these these positive images to um, to get new pilots to get uh, people serving in the Luftwaffe so
0: very interesting yeah. Emanuel. Uh, thanks for your time um thanks for having me. <laughs> if um, people want to read your thesis, is it available anywhere? Is it an uh, open access, or can people contact you through your website if they want to have a read at it? I think because I because I think we have quite a few people who are interested in aerial warfare and actually also speak German.
1: Okay, yeah, of course. Um, the The thesis will be published at uh, the beginning of November this year. As a book, so if you have a little bit patience, then you can and read it. Or you go to your library and maybe search after the title. The title in German is uh, "Stars des Krieges: Biografische und Erinnerungskulturelle Studien zu den deutschen Luftstreitkräften des Ersten Weltkrieges von 1914 bis 1945." So it is uh, available in a in a printed version but the book version will be coming at uh, the beginning of november
0: cool very much looking forward to that and of course if people are interested in your work uh, about the alpen core and mountain warfare they can also find that by just looking for your name on amazon which is Mm -hmm. what i did for example or of course uh, ask your local book dealer yeah sure all right emmanuel then uh, thanks for your time and uh, have a nice afternoon
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and um, have a nice afternoon too. Bye. Mm -hmm.